first before I uh, start on my little tantrum and rant on March Madness, uh, welcome everyone to the Take Podcast. Uh, I'm Jackson Burleson, uh, the host, and um, March Madness, man, um, my bracket sucks after the first day. I had Kentucky going to the championship. They lost to a 15 seed St. Peter's. I was watching that game. Really thought Kentucky was going to pull away at some point during that game. And they just really never did. I mean, St. Peter's just kept hanging around. They kept hanging around in overtime. I was like, okay, Kentucky's got this game in overtime. I mean, they're just the better team. They're more talented. But it didn't work out that way. And I was a little disappointed with that. Just because I had them going so far in my bracket. I mean, all my brackets are garbage. Like, every single one is garbage. I can't predict March Madness at all. I don't think anybody can predict this tournament. This is the most unpredictable tournament in the history of sports. You can have some team from, like, South Dakota or, like, in the middle of nowhere just come out and beat a powerhouse like Kentucky. I mean, that just should not happen. Like, why can't the best team just win all the time? Why can't the best team just win all the time? Like, I get it's one game, but, like, man, you should be... You've been preparing all season for this. You've been playing against SEC competition, and all these Power 5 teams have been playing way better competition all year long, and you lose to a mid-major that has six good players, five starters that they mostly play, and then they have possibly one guy that comes off the bench. I mean... What is going on? Like, why can't these guys seem to get it together? Like, this is why they call it March Madness. I mean, every but every time I fill out a bracket, my bracket's just so bad. My bracket was bad last year, and my bracket is bad this year. Like, I literally just wrote an article about my Final Four, why Kentucky should have made the Final Four, and they should have made the they should make the Final Four. I mean, they're experienced. They have a lot of transfer that came in. And I'm going to reiterate what I said in my article. They are very experienced, and they play team basketball. That's why I thought they had a big chance to make it. But, I mean, like, the craziest stuff happens in March Madness. I mean, watch a 16 seed beat somebody today. I mean, like, I've just been watching these games, being on the edge of my seat, really not knowing what's going to happen, and... That's why it's the best tournament in all of sports. But, I mean, I just want a good bracket one of these years. I, I really just want a good bracket. Like, it's very, very frustrating as a individual that thinks they know something about college basketball. I mean, me personally, I think I know college basketball. But I don't watch it as heavily because in the past I've watched it heavily and I haven't done well in my bracket. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to take a different approach in my bracket this year. I'm going to go ahead, you know, not watch as much as I normally do and see how I do in March. And it still didn't work out the way it should have. I just went with my gut this year. I thought going with my gut, feeling it out, not second guessing any of my picks would be the best way to do it. And apparently not. I mean, I have not gotten many picks right. And another pick I didn't really get right at all was Iowa. I had Iowa going to all the way to Elite Eight. And they lost to Richmond. They were just not playing good. Like, I mean, they should have just won. They should have won that game. They were just playing bad basketball. I mean, that's simple as that. Like, Kentucky, I don't know if 
they were playing their best, but like Iowa did not play their best whatsoever. And Richmond had a couple of good guards. I'm not going to lie. Like, I feel like that 12 seed is always an upset game. Like the 12 seed can always pull out. That's like, like UConn lost yesterday too. And I had them going to the uh, sweet 16 and man, I mean, just UConn looked horrible yesterday. They really did. Like they looked so bad. Like they could not score at all offensively. And they were just struggling. Like they had like one form of offense. It was get the ball down low on the post and just do a little jump hook with their big man. I mean, that was the only strategy they had. They had no three point shooting and they couldn't get any offense going. And people were saying that they've been struggling with that all year. I had no idea they were struggling offensively all year. Really? All year in their five seed? Like, I mean, come on. Why? These seeds are just so deceitful. Like, these seeds don't mean anything. You just got to pick the team that if you got an upset and you think it's an upset, you just got to go with it because it doesn't matter what kind of program is against some trash program, quote unquote. It doesn't matter. The trash program can always win somehow. And yeah, the five and 12 seeds that, I mean, that those games are always like upsets. Like I feel like the 12 seed wins a lot. I don't know the exact statistics on that. I'm going to have, I'm going to have to look it up here, but I mean, the 12 seed, I feel like always wins. Let me see. Uh, how many times has a 12 seed beaten a, a five seed? I just want to, I just want to, I'm, I'm just curious. I'm just curious on this statistic. There have been 50, 12 over five upsets. And at the same time, there have only been 52, 11 over six upsets. Oh, yeah. And the 11 over six upset that I picked yesterday was uh, I picked Colorado State to beat Michigan. And they didn't like I thought Michigan was going to lose 100 percent. Like they have been so bad all year. They finished like 17 and 14. I don't know how in the world Michigan got in this tournament like how did they get in the tournament? Like they didn't even do anything in the big 10 tournament this year. And they were losing to all these teams like, like Michigan's schedule. Like, I mean, they just lost to so many good teams in the big 10 this year. Like, I don't even know how they were in the field. Like, I mean, this seriously might be the worst record for NCAA tournament team. I mean, seriously, like it's that it's that bad. Like they lost to IU in the second round of the big 10 tournament. Like, Really? And IU got creamed yesterday. They got creamed. St. Mary's destroyed them. I mean, St. Mary's beat them like 82 to 53. I mean, that's crazy. And Michigan lost to this team. Like, I already knew St. Mary's is going to win that game because they've beaten Gonzaga this year, who which is a very good win. Gonzaga is a heck of a team. Uh, Chet Holmgren is incredible. And I don't know how Drew Timmy is so good. Like he always like seems to be able to get like 30 and like 15. Like and like I don't know how I don't know where he's projected to land NBA wise. But I just don't think his game will translate in the NBA. I mean, he just has that one little spin move um to the basket. I mean, that's really it. I mean, he has decent footwork, but like he's ranked 54 on the uh, NBA draft list. 
Um, solid low post scorer. I mean, he's he's very solid in the post. I mean, against these college players, he's good. He's a good passer. I mean, I'll give him that. He's a good rebounder. He knows how to box out. But, like, he's just very undersized, too. And he's not he's not very athletic. Like, he just... He doesn't get that high off the ground. He gets like two feet off the ground. But like he doesn't really have the size or the athleticism to really have his game translate over the NBA that great. Unless he adds something to his game that's like super insane. But like like something else like ball handling. Because like if he becomes a decent ball handler and he can shoot the three, then like, I mean, that might change his draft stock a little bit or make him a little more, more valuable in the NBA. But, like, I don't think he's going to do well in the NBA. Yeah, he's going to get a chance because he did win Naismith National Player of the Year last year, and he is one of the best college basketball players in the entire country, without a doubt. So, I mean, he's he's a good player. But Chet Holmgren, I mean, he's going to be really good in the NBA. People say, like, oh, he's too skinny. Like, he needs to get weight. Yeah, he needs to gain more weight. I mean, he's just, he'll get bullied in the NBA if he doesn't gain weight. But he is kind of like Kevin Durant. I mean, he's just he can handle the ball very well for his height. Like he's a seven footer that can shoot. I mean, he can pull it from anywhere. He can drive to the rim. He can he can do everything pretty much. The only thing he really needs to work on is his body and getting a little more bulky. But other than that, I don't really see any cons in his game. Really, I mean, he's a he's a great player. Um, but, yeah, back to Michigan. I mean, I don't know how they made the tournament. I really don't know how they made the tournament. I mean, that was just insane. And Michigan, like, they were down, like, by, like, 15 at halftime. And then they come back to win, like, by 12. Like, I don't understand it. And, like, the problem with, like, these, like, big, like, like these Big Ten teams is, like, yeah, they can be bad, quote unquote, and have a bad record, but like against like a mid major like Colorado State who really doesn't have anybody, like Michigan can go pretty deep into their bench, but like Colorado State only really has like maybe one guy that can come off their bench and provide them with good minutes. But like I mean they said I mean I mean Michigan did they have like the dang near the same team as last year? Because weren't they like a one a one seed last year. I want to say they were a one seed last year, but I, I can't remember, but they had, they have Dickinson. I know that I swear he's been in like college for like 10 years. Like seriously, he's been, he needs to go to the league already. Like he's big, he's a big boy. He's a big boy. I mean, he just muscles people down low. I mean, that's really all he does. Um, yeah. What did Dickinson average this year? He averaged 18 points per game, eight rebounds. How many years is this guy being? What? He's only been in college for two years? No way. He's only a sophomore? No. No. No way. I'm going to look up how old this guy is. He, he, There's no way he's just a sophomore. I swear he's been in the... I swear he's been at Michigan so long. He's 21? He's only two years older than me? Jeez. Man, the guy looks like he's like 30. Like, seriously. He looks like he's been in the league so long. Oh my lord, that's crazy. Um but I mean I'm loving March Madness this year, except my bracket sucks. That's the only thing I don't like about it, but I love watching these great games. I mean, 
there's really nothing to complain about. Like down the board, I mean, another gig, another great game I forgot about. Creighton versus San Diego State. Creighton was getting creamed yesterday. They were getting beat so bad. Like they were getting it put to them by San Diego State. And then they were down like 15 in like the second half with like 10 minutes left. And then they like come back and win in overtime. Like what? Like what? Like I, I'm speechless for that. Like how did that happen? Like I actually picked that game, right? Surprisingly, I picked Creighton to win that game. But like, I mean, Creighton was down by so much, so much. When I was watching that game, I was like, oh no, oh no, this is another pick that's going to go bad and it's not going to be good for me. And my bracket's looking so bad. I mean, I literally look like an idiot. Like, I feel like this is like the most appropriate time to be an idiot when it comes to sports is for brackets for like this specific tournament, because I mean, you can kind of mess up a little bit. Like, I mean, even the bracketologist, Joe Lenardi's bracket is not great. Like, I mean, his bracket's definitely messed up, especially after that 15 seed um, beat Kentucky. So there's like, I saw like there was like 2.1 million perfect brackets before that game. And then it dropped like all the way to like 190. I mean, who actually picked that upset? Like, how can you like pick these upsets? Like someone needs to teach me eventually how to like kind of pick upsets like even if you don't think it's going to happen how you think like I, I don't know there's just there's got to be a genius out there a bracket genius that knows this stuff and can really assist me because I want to have a good bracket I want to look like a smart guy when it comes to college basketball but it's very hard to do that when all my picks are wrong and the team I have losing in the championship loses in the first round I mean like it's just very difficult to be to have credit that way but i mean i feel like a lot of people can uh get away with that for march madness but i mean thank goodness ucla won i was getting a little scared about that game too i was like yo i have ucla in the elite eight i was like they can't lose this game and they're just such an experienced team like they made the final four last year as an 11 seed like who like who would have thought they would have made the final four as an 11 seed last year like no one was paying attention to UCLA last year. Like no, they weren't even on anyone's radar like at all last year. Like that's the crazy part. Like no one was paying attention to them at all. No one. And I mean, no one paid attention to them, but I mean, today's games, I'm definitely going to be watching. You guys should be watching these games because every single game I've watched is close and just very competitive. Um, I'm actually watching the Loyola uh, Chicago and Ohio State game, and I did pick Loyola Chicago to win this game, but they're down at halftime, so we'll see what happens there. But I mean, Ohio State just always seems to choke in the tournament. That's why I kind of stay away from Ohio State. I don't like picking them. So, I mean, I just don't like picking them. I really don't. But. Yeah, I also, like, I th I forgot Loyola Chicago was in the Missouri Valley Conference. I was kind of talking to somebody yesterday about it. I was like, is the Missouri Valley Conference still a Division One conference? I was like, they are, they have to be, right? And then I was like, Loyola Chicago is in the Missouri Valley. I kind of forgot because, like, Missouri Valley is kind of a, I feel like people forget about that conference because 
Wichita State's not in that conference anymore, and Creighton used to be in that conference a while back. But I mean, who do they who do they have in this conference now? Oh, Valparaiso's in this conference now. I didn't know they were in this conference. Still, have Missouri's Missouri State, Drake, um, University of Northern Iowa. They used to be good. Oh, I remember when uh, Wichita State and uh, Northern Iowa were like ranked in like the top ten. Like you guys, you guys remember those uh, Wichita State teams with uh, Ron Baker, uh, Fred Van Vliet, like Clay Anthony Early, like that team that made the Final Four and almost beat Louisville. I mean, that team was stacked. That team was so stacked. They had um, God, I can't remember the big man's name on uh Northern Iowa. It was it was like Sam Tuttle or something like that. It's like I can't I can't remember his name exactly, but he um he was pretty he was a monster. And then they had this other guy who was like number fifty five. He like hit a crazy game winner in the tournament. Like, oh yeah, they were the team that uh that gave up that like what Texas A and M scored like thirteen points in like like forty seconds or something like that. Or like it was like thirty seconds, maybe like thirty seconds. I remember Alex Crusoe was on that team. Um, yeah, they lost. I can't. Dang, I forgot about that. That was a while ago. I kind of forgot that <laughs> Northern Iowa gave up that lead. I think that was the craziest thing I've ever seen in March Madness. I mean, they just kept getting turnover after turnover after turnover. Like, I think they got like, I think Northern Iowa had like seven or eight turnovers in a row in a span of like 40 seconds, I want to say. I don't know the exact timing on it, so, but because I haven't seen that clip in a while, I probably need to go back and watch it, but, I mean, man, that was incredible. Like, I, I forgot about that. Man, the March Madness is just a wild tournament. Like, I mean, there's so many insane moments, so many insane upsets, and I think when Wichita State made the Final Four that year against Louisville, I think they were a nine seed, if I'm not mistaken. And I do remember I was I was kind of little when I was little when that happened, but I remember that was like one of the first brackets I ever filled out, and I picked Wichita State to go to the championship. I I literally picked them to go to the championship, and I didn't even like know anything about college basketball. I just like picked them to go to the championship, and they almost did. They almost did. Like I don't know why I thought that, but like, man. Oh, man, those Wichita State teams were good because I remember um, I'm originally from uh, Terre Haute, Indiana. So I remember uh, going to uh, an Indiana State game and Indiana State's not that good of a basketball program. And usually people, a lot of people don't go to those games. But I remember this one game I walk in to like where we're sitting and like there's like a top like the nosebleeds in the in the Holman Center was what, it, what it's called. Um, where the Sycamores play in Indiana State. And uh, there's like the nosebleeds like at the top. And we walk in and I look up and the nose, like usually those top level seats are usually there's no people there. You can see the yellow and everything. I look up, there's just people everywhere. Like the, the, the crowd is sold out. Like I've never seen an Indiana State basketball game so buzzing like that. And Wichita State was like ranked like number three in the nation at that time. And that game was insane. Like insane. I remember they were tied up at like half and then like they kind of started pulling away at the second half. But like, man, those those team that team was nasty. Like they went undefeated. They were a one seed and then they got upset by Kentucky, which was very unfortunate because 
I actually picked them to win that year when they were the one seed because I, I, they were the number one overall seed if I'm not mistaken because they did win the regular season um, title for the Missouri Valley and then they did win the tournament and they went like thirty they were like thirty six and zero heading into the tournament and I was like no one's beating this team I mean they had like like five six NBA players on that team and I was just like no way no way they lose and. Kentucky was not a bad team either. I mean, I think Julius Randle was on that team, and they ended up making it all the way to the championship. And they lost to, like, UConn. I can't remember what year it was. I remember UConn had Shabazz Napier. That's why I I remember that. But I do remember uh, Wichita State being very good at, at one point. And they've had a lot of good players. I've seen a couple Wichita State games. I remember when they played Kentucky um, in, like, the round of 32 a couple years ago. And when that, when Kentucky had like, I think it was, I think it, I want to say it was like, I want to say it was De'Aaron Fox. I, I want to say De'Aaron Fox is on that team. I think De'Aaron Fox was on that team. Cause I remember watching De'Aaron Fox at Kentucky and they had Bam Adebayo who, by the way, if you guys aren't watching the heat, they are spectacular. They are spectacular. Like don't sleep on the heat. They're going to possibly make a run to the finals this year. They're just super like, they're just super deep. Like they have Tyler Hero, they have Duncan Robinson, Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, and then their bench is stacked. I mean, they just have good shooting as well, and they have the best coach in basketball, in Eric Spolstra. I mean, he's just a genius. He's an absolute genius. But yeah, but I, I kind of forgot what I was saying. But um, back to the point. Um, yeah, that Kentucky game. I remember I saw Landry Shamit at Wichita State, and um, yeah, Landry Shamit was—he's a heck of a player in the NBA too. I mean, he's—he's he's killing it. I don't know if Ron Baker's still in the league, but Fred VanVleet—he's an all-star now. He's probably the best player on the Raptors. He's—he's balling. He's balling. Ballin'. I did not think he was going to be the best player on that Wichita State team when he got to the league because he was undrafted. I mean, great story. I—I I really followed those guys at that time, and. Um, you know, Fred VanVleet's from uh, Chicago, um, grew up in a tough neighborhood, and I just kind of really, um, I love his story of, he's just a hard worker. Um, I believe in hard work a lot, so I kind of like it when, you know, people work hard and, uh, you know, don't really have a lot when they're growing up. It's just very motivational and just very um, uplifting, and it keeps, it, it gets me motivated. It's like, anyone can do anything they put their mind to and that's very true that statement people think that statement's very cliche but i mean if you really love something you will do anything in the world to achieve your goals you will like and that's exactly like what he did he went undrafted he balled out in college one of the best point guards in the nation still no one picked him in the nba and then he gets picked up by the Raptors, and whenever he gets his chance, he just starts balling out. And he was balling in the finals when they played uh, the Warriors. I mean, he was killing it. He took advantage of every single opportunity he had, even though he wasn't the starter. But when he came in the game off the bench, I mean, he would always score. He would always do something. And that's why I really like him. And he's he's an undersized guard, too. I mean... He's not the biggest guy, but like he's very skilled. He can shoot at an elite level. He has very high basketball IQ. 
and he just knows how to play the game the right way. And I like players like that in the NBA. I wish there were more like guys like Fred VanVleet in the NBA who just are just have that swagger to him. And yeah, I mean, he's a great player. I love I love Fred VanVleet. And congratulations to him being an All Star this year for the first time. Um, there's going to be more of those to come. And uh, yeah, he's going to be the leader of that Raptors team. He's the he's the best player on that Raptors team. Him, him and Scotty Barnes are the future of that team. Um, but yeah, so this is going to go ahead and do it for uh, today's podcast. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed um, listening to it. And uh, go ahead and uh, follow me on uh, Spotify so uh, you guys don't miss out on any new episodes. And uh, also check out my uh, sports blog. Um, it's called thetake.sport.blog. You just type that in on your phone or your computer, and it'll take you right there. Um, the link is also in my Twitter and in my Instagram and on my TikTok. And I kind of post updates, and you can kind of click um, the article when I post on there. It's just a little more easier to get to my site instead of typing it in and finding the article. But um, thank you guys for listening. Um, and this is Jackson Burleson, and I'm going to go ahead and uh, sign off. And I hope you guys have a great rest of your day, and uh, enjoy March Madness.